0: Hello and welcome to Cracking the Cryptic, a brand new Sudoku podcast starring the boys from Cracking the Cryptic. I'm Peter C. Hayward.
1: I'm Simon
2: Anthony, And I'm Mark Goodly.
0: And this is the pilot episode of a brand new show in which we discuss Sudoku. Now, if you're a fan of the YouTube channel, and if you're not, you should be, it's excellent. You'll already know the illustrious Simon and Mark. They are the hosts of Cracking the Cryptic, the world's number one YouTube channel on Sudoku. Actually, I think maybe just the world's number one YouTube channel generally, is that right? Definitely. Ah, Not not
2: by the official figures.
0: (laughs) 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 We all know they've been fudging the numbers for years, Uh, which is, actually, why don't, don't, uh, Simon, why don't you describe it? How how do you describe your channel?
1: Uh, It's a channel where every day we produce two videos where viewers can try a Sudoku. And if they get stuck, they can watch a video of Mark or me solving that puzzle or hopefully solving the puzzle. Um, so, I mean, I think it must sound like the most turgid, tedious thing <laughs> in the world, <laughs> and yet somehow it has a third of a million subscribers on YouTube and seems to scratch an itch for some people.
0: So I approached you guys well back to say, hey, let's make a book. And so I'm the publisher of the Kraken the Cryptic's Greatest Hits, the world's best Sudoku book by a long shot, which is coming out very soon. And when I suggested to you, hey, have you guys ever considered doing a podcast? You thought the idea was slightly ridiculous.
1: Yes, because <laughs> I mean, as ridiculous as it sounds to have a YouTube channel about solving Sudoku, it sounds, it's even crazier <laughs> to have a podcast where you can't even see, you know, any Sudoku <laughs> related things. So, you know, I don't, we, I think we imagined it might be well, and then I put a three into row six of the grid. and That was amazing. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, it's, it's like some people play chess just completely uh, yeah. by saying the pieces. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. Mark, there is a four in row, row four. Row four column five. There's a seven down the bottom and there's two eights in the fifth box. So it's a bit of a tricky one this time. <laughs>
2: it's clearly broken. Um, Simon and I are pretty diffident guys and we really couldn't imagine either that people would be watching the channel just for entertainment or of course listening to a podcast for the same reason. It's and yet there clearly is an audience out there who just like watching us struggle with the puzzle.
0: So I very valiantly and selflessly volunteered to come and be on the podcast to show you how entertaining you two actually are. One of the reasons I wanted to do this is because I realized during our meetings about the book, I am one of the only viewers who's interacted with both of you at once. Like there are people who have watched hundreds and hundreds of hours of your content and never seen you at the same time. You're always one of you and then the other, one of you and then the other. So the running theory I believe is that you're actually the same person.
2: Well, it's either that or there's an injunction out against one of us to not come near the other.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, so yeah, during our meetings, I just really enjoyed the dynamic of the both of you together. And so I thought, hey, let's do a podcast. So let's start with the basics. Whose idea was this channel?
2: Well, that was Simon's idea. Definitely. He went, my my memory (laughs) is that he went on a skiing Uh, holiday with some friends and Simon was always trying to come up with schemes to get out of his banking job, which he disliked. And uh, (laughs) he, he had a lot of mad schemes and he probably talked about some of those with his friends. But at some point they all mentioned that his ability to solve cryptic crosswords was interesting and they'd be quite interested in learning about it and maybe a lot of other people would. And of course there's this medium YouTube where you can make videos and show people that.
0: And so were either of you two fans of YouTube? Were you were YouTube watchers?
1: Uh, I'm going to have to say no for me. I mean, I guess so. I mean, I watch a lot of Starcraft videos on, on YouTube um, and a lot of music videos as well. So, I mean, I am aware of YouTube, uh, although I think when we started or had the idea of starting the channel, we had no clue what we were doing. I mean, you know, literally no clue. Um, you know the thought of a web a webcam was anathema you know we didn't I, I didn't have a webcam i don't i don't know if you had a webcam mark um yeah i mean my my pc or laptop had one but i had never turned it on
2: i had never used yeah. it for anything and you know didn't know if it would work
0: <laughs> had you ever seen yourself or was this like a vampire situation where you're like oh that's what i look like how lovely
1: it is a bit like that i had heard myself I hate it. I hate my voice. So it's, you know, that that was a
2: big. I think that's universal, though. Everybody hates their voice. But I also don't often see myself even in a mirror during the day. So it's all a bit horrific, actually seeing
1: yourself talking. It is. I totally agree. It is horrific. That is a very good description of it. Whenever I have to edit the video that I've, you know, I've just made. I've just done it now. I've just finished recording a video. Glum Hippo's Astral Cat Puzzle will hopefully be appearing this evening. And, you know, I'm looking <laughs> at myself thinking, why do you look like that? What, what, why? why? Yeah. You know, why couldn't I be handsome and suave and debonair? And that would make the channel go massive. Um, instead, I look like this Well, this sort is, of... This is why you have Mark. Dweeby. He provides the brains and he
0: provides the looks.
1: That's the... <laughs> well, absolutely not. We, we've often...
2: We've often talked together about how much better the channel would be if we had a front person who was yeah. handsome and young and appealing just to look at.
0: One of your more famous uh, followers is James Charles, who is a man who is very famous for doing makeup. So have you guys ever, ever watched that and been like, aha, that, that's the missing ingredient?
2: I think that makeover challenge is frankly a step too far even yeah, for James. Yeah, he, he hasn't, he hasn't <laughs> approached
1: us yet to uh, ask us to do that. Um, I think because of fear (laughs) on his part.
0: (laughs) And and so, Mark, you've been doing this channel for years now, right? We're up to two, three years?
1: Uh, Yeah, we've
2: certainly been doing it for three years. That's right.
0: And so in those three years, in your relationship with YouTube, have you started watching YouTube or are you still kind of log in, upload your video and then walk away again? No,
2: I I am quite... I watch a fair amount of YouTube now. Um... I'm just much more in the flow of it, not for any particular reason. I don't watch it to sort of compare performances or anything like that. <laughs> um, I have kids who are very into it because they're teenagers. So they have sort of clued me into a few things as well. So it's, yeah, I have a much better relationship with YouTube than I ever did before.
0: <laughs> That's actually one of the things I wanted to mention. I don't know if you guys know this, but a YouTuber overtook astronaut for the first time as the, the career that kids most want. <laughs> Something like from the 70s no. until now, it's always been astronaut. And then recently it's switched from astronaut to YouTuber. So you two are essentially living the dream of every teenager in Britain right now.
2: That's a great fact. And I feel really guilty taking one of those spots
1: from someone who actually <laughs> wants it. <laughs> it's the first time in my life, though, that I've actually, you know, when I meet new people and, that, you know, if you have that conversation about what you do for a living, And I actually like telling them. So, you know, when I left university, I became an accountant. I mean, that's a conversation killer. Um, And then I moved into investment banking, which I never wanted to talk about because I never had anything good to say. And now I can say YouTuber, and it's funny, the reaction you get is always, oh, you know, they're not expecting it. They're not expecting a middle-aged guy to say he's a YouTuber. And it it actually is, you know, it's great.
0: So one thing that you might not be aware of, uh, so I've recently got super into TikTok. I've just dived deep into the world of TikTok. And there's a there's a thing on TikTok, which is hashtag accountant, because someone wrote this song about being a struggling actor. And he's like, I'm a struggling actor. I can never get gigs. When people ask me what I do, I don't tell them that. I say I'm an accountant because no one ever asks any follow-up questions if you say you're an accountant. And so it's this little song that goes, uh, you know, where do you work? At a place where accountants work. And And so it's just like the most like... I do, I'm an accountant, don't ask me any questions. And so weirdly enough, the uh, the sex work side of TikTok has picked up on this. And now hashtag accountant on TikTok means that you're a stripper or you have an OnlyFans account or you, you do something where you uh, sell lewd images of your body for money. So next time you tell someone you're an accountant, just uh, watch out for that. Peter, I'm thrilled <laughs> to learn
2: that you know about the sex work side of TikTok. <laughs>
0: it's uh it's quite a funny song i'll I'll put a link to the song in the show notes and yeah it's um some actual accountants doing tiktok and started talking about their job and they got these huge followings and they were like why are all these people interested in accountants (laughs) that's
2: That's brilliant doesn't
0: make any sense
2: well we both come from an accountancy background so it certainly works for us
0: (laughs) so mark do you you tell everyone that you're a youtuber and uh what, what kind of reactions do you get
2: Uh, Because of COVID, I haven't met anybody since I could begin to claim that my main job was as a YouTuber. Uh, My daughter told one of her teachers, because she was asked, what does your father do? And it led to, you know, exactly the same conversation Simon described. Wait, what? (laughs) And I had to find out more. But uh, no, I I haven't had the experience yet. I mean, I dare say at some point I will. But I do also do a bit of work still in the financial sector, so I... I like to pretend that's what I am, really.
0: <laughs> Are you embarrassed? you have a secret underground career as, as a Sudoku YouTuber?
2: I, I am a bit, yes. Uh, people I know in my professional life, I, I really don't want to bring up the idea that I'm making YouTube videos about Sudoku to because of the the fear really? that they will think it's frivolous and trivial.
0: Yeah. That's so interesting.
1: Yeah. See, your reaction, Peter, is exactly the same as mine. I do not understand because the funny thing is, Mark, I think that you, you know, your passion in life, you know, yeah. is puzzles. You absolutely love puzzles. And yet you're you you sort of hide it under a bushel that that's such an enormous part of your life.
2: Yeah, I desperately try and keep it secret in, yeah. in the world of finance. Yes.
0: Has, has no one told Mark how YouTube works? Uh- <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs>
2: Luckily, it seems that almost anybody I interact with doesn't know much about it. Wow. We're, you know, either they're being very polite and very secretive. But, you know, a few people know that I have a record of winning Times Crossword Championships. Very few people ever mention the videos.
0: That's so interesting. It's uh, Obviously, you guys really took off during COVID. Basically, the, the lockdown happened. And everyone was like, you know what I want to do right now? I want to watch hours and hours and hours of people solving Sudoku, which which has really worked for everyone, I think, because uh, it, it's such great content. Um, so I'm guessing that as, as a result of that, you've never been recognized. Like no one's ever been like, hey, it, it's, it's you from the Sudoku channel.
1: No, that's one of my ambitions is for, for that to happen. <laughs> I, it's not happened yet.
2: <laughs> I, I honestly think that by now it would have somewhere if it wasn't for COVID and the fact that nobody goes out anymore. So I, I think it's going to happen, but it hasn't for me. So I'm delighted about that.
0: Delighted that it hasn't happened or delighted that it's going to? Yes,
2: delighted it hasn't happened. I don't need that in my life in any way.
0: This is so interesting. I had no idea that this is your secret shame, your secret 350,000 subscriber shame.
2: <laughs> well, it's not. As, as, a, as a puzzle solver and as a YouTuber, I'm very proud of the channel and I'm delighted to be that Mark Goodliffe. But when I'm out on my own or you know, in, in the area I live in, I really don't want anyone to know anything about that.
0: So let's talk about COVID. Uh, before before the pandemic hit, do you guys remember what your subscriber numbers were roughly?
2: Um, we had got we'd got we got over a thousand after about fifteen months, which is important because it's a monetizing uh, floor. And I think by the time co- the lockdown began, was it something like thirty thousand, Simon?
1: I think it was more. I think it was more like eighty, okay. but I might be misremembering. But it is certainly, an, you know, an enormous order of magnitude different to what happened in the last year.
0: Because I, I, you know, not, not to get all hipster on it, but I was one of your subscribers before the lockdown. Uh, I think well, it's, it's, <laughs>
1: you were that it's one. a
2: badge of honor. <laughs> there, there are, you know, I think people can feel proud if they'd found us before the lockdown because, uh, you know, it was a little bit under the radar at that
0: point. So one of the reasons I got in contact with you guys in the first place is that after watching your videos, I became a Sudoku setter, a Sudoku solver and then a setter. I'd done you know newspaper computer generated Sudokus for all of six months back in 2010. And then I got to the point where nowadays I look back, and I'm like, oh, I didn't know what an X-Wing was. But at the time, uh, I-, I lived in Melbourne at the time and there was a paper that did a Sudoku every day. And so it was easy, easy, medium, medium, hard every Friday was hard and I could never solve any of them. I couldn't even get more than one or two digits in. And so I got very frustrated with the whole ordeal and threw it out. And so your videos, uh, you know, I'm a Sudoku setter, the publisher of the book, but more more than anything, I think I'm a fan. That's why I wanted to come on the show and and provide that perspective. Watching your videos just made me be like, holy heck, there is a whole world of Sudoku outside of those, you know, computer generated ones in the newspaper. So the the obvious distinction is that you guys use a lot of Sudoku variants. but more than that, but, but as well as that, you really focus on handcrafted Sudokus. Do you want to, do you want to talk on what, what differentiates a computer-generated Sudoku and a handcrafted Sudoku beside the, you know, nominative
1: difference? Everything. Everything. <laughs> um, I mean, I was actually asked a question about this the other day um, and i I said something that, I said it off the cuff, but I thought back on it afterwards and thought actually that was quite a sensible thing to say, which is I think that the, you know, the Western newspaper editor has done Sudoku a great disservice, really, because although they've flooded the market with these computer-generated puzzles, um, your average person's experience of Sudoku is nothing like what it should be. Um, because if you, if you ever have done a handcrafted puzzle, you, it's like you're being led on a journey by the setter. You know, the setter incorporates some very specific logic that he wants you to find, but you have to you have to think about the puzzle in order to find it. And you get led, led on these wonderful trips. Um, and every Sudoku of that nature has a story. And if you've never done handcrafted Sudoku, it, none of that story exists, because the computer doesn't understand how to tell that story. The computer just... You know, it th- throws out a billion puzzles. Then it sorts them by some algorithm that, you know, it, it creates a very, uh, a very monotone experience. Um, and I, I think the three of us on this podcast will, will all will all have experienced that when we do even good computer-generated puzzles. Like, I mean, the New York Times stoku is a decent computer-generated puzzle, but it has none of the romance. It has none of the the really clever logic that you see in the puzzles that are on cracking the cryptic, um, and so you know, I think you, know, you, you look at companies like Nikoli in Japan where they will not publish computer-generated puzzles. I mean, it's just anathema to them. They can't. I you know, I think that uh, I think that a Western newspaper editor could make a killing if they just took a bit of a gamble and said, look, we're going to we're going to move in to handcrafted space and We are going to try and up the quality of our puzzles and try and capture that market because I think there would be, it would take time, but there would be a massive audience for it.
0: I I think that's been proven by the success of your channel. (laughs)
1: Yeah. uh,
0: yeah, because, on, again, speak, speaking as a fan, I, I enjoy watching you guys. I think you guys are fascinated. But as well as enjoying the channel and the content, it has made me completely fall in love with Sudokus to the point where that is now my main hobby. When I have downtime, <laughs> I pull out a Sudoku and that's what I do with my time. Whereas a year and a half ago, that wouldn't have even been on the, on the list of things to consider. Actually, I have behind me right now, because we were publishing the book, I just went on Amazon and bought the, the first, uh, the, the most popular Sudoku book that I could find. And it's a book of one thousand plus Sudoku puzzles, and I got it not not to be particularly inspired, but just <laughs> for the listener at home. Uh, Simon just committed suicide, so that's uh, that's, that's one fewer host of Cracking the Cryptic. Um, by the end of the second episode, we'll be down to zero, and then uh, my channel takeover will be complete. You literally couldn't <laughs>
2: hope to anger him more than by buying a book of a thousand computer generated Sudokus.
1: I was just admiring your bookshelf behind you. There was there's one book on your bookshelf called Gnomes, which I thought sounded brilliant <laughs> and then you've pulled that one off which uh the um yeah the sudoku one well, I, so I bought
0: much. this one because we're publishing a book and i want to see you know how they lay it out how they introduce the concepts of sudoku how big the pages are what kind of paper they use you know if, if i'm making something i really want to dive into it and see how they do it and i took this with me on a holiday because i was like i'll do some sudokus and i think i got three in before being like Oh, they're just not that much fun. Like, I I see now why I had this brief romance with Sudoku in 2010 and then left it again. And so, even just uh, Logic Masters Germany, which is, uh, do do you want to, Mark, do you want to tell us what Logic Masters Deutschland, as they call it, is?
2: Logic Masters Deutschland is a site where um, very much proper Sudoku compilers have been posting their puzzles for many years. And uh, it's a really useful space so that. Um, the whole Sudoku community knows about it. They visit it if they're really interested in testing and finding quality puzzles. And therefore, the puzzles can get rated. Um, compilers, uh, constructors can get known there. It's a very interesting forum. It's a
0: fantastic resource. Yeah. Uh, it, it's not just Sudokus, too. It's all logic puzzles. That's true. Everything from... Yeah. The old school, you know, your neighbor has a dog and his neighbor has a cat and the horse and the elephant don't live next door to each other. Everything up to Sudokus, to Sudoku variants. And so uh, all of my puzzles are posted on Logic Master Germany. Again, link in the description if you want to go do some puzzles by me. Uh, To to jump back to what Simon was saying about computer generated puzzles versus handcrafted, it makes me think a lot about the current debate that's going on with AI and creative careers because... A thing that people do is like, hey, listen to this song. Haha, bet you didn't guess that was actually constructed by an AI. I say constructed, I'm too deep into the world of Sudoku. <laughs> that was actually composed by an AI. And it's kind of like, wow, I guess they will take our jobs. Except it's not that you can't tell the difference. It's that an AI-generated song has never become a, a number one pop chart because it doesn't have that connection. It doesn't have the, the journey and the, and the heart in it that a composed song by a human does. I think
2: that's right. There's a certain degree of creativity and um, innovation and just brilliance. As Simon mentioned, the journey that you get led on, if the steps on it are gorgeous, that's something that a human can, can do. But an AI is unlikely to. I I don't quite see it that an AI could never produce a number one song or a brilliant sudoku it's just extremely unlikely it's like chimps tapping on typewriters you know they're going to come up with something good once in a while but it will be very rare
0: and even then you need such a level of curation to go through the 10,000 and be like okay this one's actually good you might as well just make one <laughs>
2: correct absolutely right so
0: you mentioned earlier that when the channel started it was actually about solving cryptic crosswords which i know is a passion of both of you now, for listeners who don't know what a cryptic crossword is, do you want to give me a, a quick summary? Is it is it a British thing or is it worldwide?
2: It's mostly British. It has spread to Commonwealth countries and there is a little bit of penetration into uh, the USA as well, but it's mostly British. English is a language that lends itself to wordplay because it has a huge vocabulary full of what would otherwise be very redundant synonyms a lot of the time, but they're very useful for crosswords. And... A cryptic crossword clue is one that includes a definition like an, like an American crossword clue, but also has some wordplay to allow you to another way to get at the answer. And that allows the compiler of the crossword to come up with a misleading way of defining or cluing the word that kind of takes your mind on a, on a little trip somewhere before you work out how to put it together. And you get a little aha moment with each clue that you solve.
0: Is, is there a handy one, and if not, we can just cut this out. Is there a handy one that would work in podcast format, like a cryptic clue that is your all-time favorite or anything like that?
1: Well, not, not that's my all-time favorite, but we do do a cryptic clue every day now on Twitter. Uh, yesterday's one was quite nice. Um, it was uh, four letters, Amundsen's forwarding address. Which is a slightly
2: odd clue in that it doesn't have a word play element. It just is a weird definition <laughs>
1: of the answer. It's a weird definition, but it, I think it has the aha moment when I tell you the answer. So it's a reference to Roald Amundsen, who was uh, a very famous explorer. Um, Antarctic explorer. Yeah. yeah, so he in his race for the pole. <laughs> I
0: thought you said cryptic explorer. No, no,
1: Antarctic. Uh, he, he, in, his, in the race to the South Pole, obviously it was on sledges, pulled by dogs. So Amundsen's forwarding address, the answer is mush because that's what he might have said to his dogs in order to move forward.
0: Oh, (laughs) address both meaning where you live and also... something. Yeah, so so the idea of the
1: clue is that it completely misleads you. You think it's, oh, Amundsen's moved house somewhere, well, it's some reference to where he's moved house, (laughs) whereas it's obviously not that in terms of the actual answer.
0: So I went on a little journey of my own with cryptic crosswords in that I... I actually don't even know if we have them in Australia, I've done do. normal crosswords again. You do, you again. do yeah. but, oh, we do, yeah. Oh, we do. I've done standard crosswords and been like, okay, this is a thing, sure, just like Sudokus. Got into your channel, got into Sudoku, was like, oh man, these boys are also very much into cryptic crosswords, maybe I'll get into that as well. So I clicked through until I found one, and the first one I found was Mark Solving, the hardest cryptic <laughs> crossword I've ever made or something like that. It was just incredibly difficult and so it's like jumping into sudoku with you know <laughs> one of our hearts three hour puzzles and i'm just and as mark is talking through his solution i'm sitting there being like i don't know what any of this means this is all this yeah it, that's it that's like, like, like kept hobby of all time that's <laughs> like learning to
2: swim in a piranha infested pool of the amazon <laughs>
0: You don't do that. So I basically clicked away from the video and was like, okay, cryptic crosswords, definitely not for me. They seem <laughs> terrible. Only terrible people do them. No, thank you. <laughs> and then just recently, you started posting these clues on Twitter every day. And A, it's really interesting just seeing, like, here's a clue and here's two to three hints. But then at the end of the week, you went back and explained all of them. And I was like, oh, I get it now. I see the beauty. So, like, Amundsen's forwarding address means nothing to me. You can say 4 little word, Amundsen's forwarding address. I'm like, okay, this is a fun game for me to watch you play. But then you give me the answer and you talk me through it. And I'm like, oh, I see. It's, it's exactly like Mark said. It's that aha moment. So I've, I've gone the full uh, 360 on, on cryptic crosswords. Where I was like, oh, they sound cool. Oh, they sound terrible. Oh, they sound cool again. So why did Which you... Which is just
2: like the journey on Sudoku. <laughs>
0: Exactly. Uh, so, with your channel, why did you switch from crosswords to Sudoku?
2: In the early days, we, we thought that a bit of variety might be interesting because we are fans of Sudoku as well. So we did one or two just to kind of mix it up because otherwise we were just sort of doing a times crossword every day or it, it was getting a little bit samey and uh, it was just demand, basically. Over time, we began to realize that more people were interested, more people were commenting, more people were engaging and wanted to learn about Sudoku. And we didn't really realize there was so much to teach or explain about it, but there really was.
0: Why do you think Sudoku grabbed people's attention more than cryptic crosswords?
2: For me, I I think it's it's an absolutely incredible idea Mm -hmm. for a puzzle. First of all, it is really simple to understand. But it has layers of complexity in it when, you, when it gets difficult, even for classic Sudoku, let alone the variants, which really add just levels of dimensions of challenge and interest. Um, so it's the simplicity and yet the depth of it, which is like Bushnell's law of gaming. I think, you know, the simpler a game is and yet the harder <laughs> it is to play well the more the more perfect exactly and it's it's absolutely perfect like that it's obviously language neutral it's um worldwide available everybody's kind of seen it somewhere so it's something that everybody has engaged with and that's very different from the cryptic crossword experience worldwide
0: so I'm, i'm going to ask you a difficult question uh which is do you prefer sudoku's or cryptic crosswords if you had to choose one that you could never do again and one you had to solve for the rest of your life which would you pick if that's too difficult, you can instead tell me which of your children you prefer.
2: Much easier. <laughs>
0: and I will never tell you. Um, it's I it's
2: I don't know. It's they're just so different. I, I can't even answer I can't even engage with the question. It doesn't really mean anything to me.
0: Hey. Go on, Simon.
3: Hey.
2: <laughs> no, that's a funny one as well. I'm not sure. I th- I'm not sure I, think I know
3: the answer to that. I,
2: Contrary to what Simon was saying earlier I find a fairly ordinary sudoku better than an ordinary cryptic crossword but a brilliant cryptic crossword is better than a brilliant
1: sudoku for me interesting i'm not i'm not sure i agree with that because i think that if i think about the great cryptic crosswords that i've done in my life they are very memorable and that, that's a quality as well that i think differentiates computer generated stuff from handcrafted stuff is can you remember it now i've never done a computer generated puzzle that i remember doing apart from maybe it was so awful you know whereas with with (laughs) handcrafted stuff there are there are loads of sudokus on the channel i remember now solving you know i remember exactly the logical path i went on and the journey emotional journey i went on to solve the puzzle Um, and with the very best sudokus it's a bit like solving those amazing listener cryptic crosswords where you there's a sort of a penny drop moment where all of a sudden the stars align and you understand and you realize the brilliance the compiler has brought to bear on the thing and it's it's revelatory and it's but it's also similar so the two puzzles are similar in that they can give you that sort of epiphany that you know that shot of adrenaline that you don't get from many other things. When Sudoku first came out, I met a lot of crossword people who were getting very scared and worrying
2: it it would take their audience away. And the hilarious comment that many of them made to me was, I can remember many crossword clues that I've enjoyed and their answers, but I have never remembered 947368125 from a Sudoku. Well, (laughs) you watch our channel and suddenly you do remember Sudokus that you've solved or seen solved and how they worked and what the break-ins were. They're really interesting. And um, I think Sudoku is still very much in development and, and it really has a journey to go on. The, the, the crossword has done most of its journey. Yeah.
1: I mean, if you, if you compare even to a year ago, Peter, where Sudoku world was to where it is now, the quality of the puzzles, it's unbelievable what, what is being produced now. Um, yeah, the presentation you know, we... of them
2: as Simon's about to say the presentation of them with no givens anymore, with just one (laughs) or two little constraints and a few clues in the grid. And yet they're solvable Sudokus. We weren't seeing when we started solving Sudokus in the channel, if they existed, we didn't know about them. There were very few. They may have been on logic masters Germany, but they, they weren't readily available. there had been, you know, there was one or two puzzles from the world championship every year that people would come back talking about. Now, every every day on the channel virtually we have a puzzle of that quality and it's amazing it really is amazing
0: it's funny while i was preparing this interview I, i was wondering if you guys think of yourself this way you two are probably the two most famous people in the sudoku world i i think i think hands down i don't think there's any any competition there really is that is that something that you're aware of like you're talking about all these developments in the world of sudoku and I think it's pretty safe to say they came about because of your channel, like you've taken this art form that you clearly love, and through the community that you've built and through the conversation that you've inspired, you've really elevated it I think to this new level
1: that's that's that i think and I think that's wonderful, but I don't feel I don't feel like I deserve credit for anything <laughs> if you see what i mean i well, oh I was say, actually crediting Mark, yeah but you're there too I guess. yeah yeah exa- exactly exactly yeah, Mark, Mark all the applaud. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's a secret hobby.
2: <laughs> I, I, I agree with Simon, though. All we've done is bring these puzzles to people's attention. and But then again, as Simon said, the last year of development of how puzzles are constructed is really interesting because I do feel quite proud that the channel may have helped take Sudoku in a great direction. So that is something to be aware of, I think.
1: We're aware of it, but I don't think we feel very... Like we, I, I don't feel like I deserve any any credit for it. All I, all I've done is introduce the puzzles to people and shown them the beauty. Yeah, I mean that's we know all, you we, know the beauty is there. It's being created. We, it's like you know, it's like saying, "Look at this beautiful person over here." You know, that's all I've done. <laughs> I think that's absolutely right. We're not the
2: best solvers in the world. We're not the best entertainers. We're not the best explainers. But we're okay at that, and. It's the puzzles that then get allowed to shine.
0: Are you too familiar at all with the world of uh, competitive Tetris?
1: (laughs) A very, very little bit, yes. No.
0: (laughs) So Tetris obviously has been around since uh, the 80s or the 70s, whenever it was invented, and people have been playing it for all that time. And yet in the last three years, the world records have been halved or something like that. Like they've they've gone this enormous, enormous difference from... I'm going to make up numbers because I don't know them from, like, you know, a high score of of 10 million to a high score of 20 million. They've just completely, completely transformed. And it's because of Twitch. So, Twitch is a website where you can go online and watch people streaming video games. And people were streaming Tetris. And so, the world's best Tetris streaming. I was going to say solvers. (laughs) I really spent too much time around Sudoku. Uh The world's best Tetris players would go on Twitch and play, and the other best Tetris players would watch them and pick up techniques and incorporate that into their playing and and so on and back and forth and back and forth. And so your channel, in a sense, is doing that, where you're taking some of the most fascinating techniques. I'll I'll use the Fist theorem, because that's, I think, probably the one that you've most obviously shone a a light onto, which is that Fist one of the world's best Sudoku setters, who, again, was inspired by your channel to start setting, discovered that uh, there's a certain arrangement of digits in a sudoku which uh, which match up to others. <laughs> Not doing it visually is going to be a nightmare so I'll just leave it at that. Um, and so because of that now when anyone's setting a sudoku they have that as a tool in their arsenal and they create kind of more intricate logic and more I don't want to say complex because that sounds like it's just work for the sake of work, but they they can do more interesting things with the Sudoku solve than they ever could before, and so just like the Tetris community, it's all of these pe- all of these things coming together and bouncing off each other that that's really elevating it, and so yeah, you guys are like the uh, the the container in which all these things are able to bounce around. It's it's fascinating to watch. It really is.
2: Mm. It is. Yeah, and it might be developing away from us. One of the really big changes in the last year is the Discord server that's. Um, you know, that's been created. It's not our Discord server, but it's called Cracking the Cryptics Discord server because it does the sorts of things that we're interested in. Um, and exactly as you described, the meeting of minds on there, the collaborations, the discussions, the ways people are thinking about Sudoku now. It's just so thrilling to see. It's extraordinary.
0: Yeah, when was Sudoku invented? 2004, something around that?
2: Well, pop- popularized two thousand and four. I mean, it was originally invented and appeared at N- in Nikolai up to twenty years before that, but uh, it it hit the newspapers in two thousand and four and became famous in basically in two thousand and five.
0: When did you two get into a Sudoku?
2: Right, right then we were taking we we were subscribing to the paper that started publishing it. I think literally, I actually remember one of our we had weekly meetings at a pizza express that was between where both of us worked and we would turn up and discuss crosswords or speed solve them against each other and one week simon said did you see this puzzle in the paper and he got out the sudoku puzzle and i said yeah um and he said did you try it and i said yeah it's really interesting and he said i think so too you know this is this is quite we we should definitely race at this as well and we did that and uh, you know we, we were into it therefore from day 1 in in the first newspaper that started popularizing it so we were right on board with that train
0: you bought the paper and you thought you know what we should go onto this website that doesn't exist yet and make a youtube make, make videos every day where we solve these for people who don't know we exist <laughs> so on, on the yeah, job, who, yeah. who's the who is the fastest sudoku solver
1: oh mark is much faster than me
2: mark much faster interestingly in those first weeks simon was faster than i was um, but then I just got after it. So I'm much faster at, I am, I mean, I, I'm not going to lie, I'm faster at anything normal. However, at spotting, at spotting the... Wait, wait,
0: wait, are we limiting this to Sudoku or just anything normal?
2: No, 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 uh, still in Sudoku. At, when it comes to these break-ins for the sorts of puzzle we're eulogising now, Simon is far better than I am far better at spotting the logic the what the the beauty the cleverness that people are going for in some ways i don't like it because it's kryptonite it it takes away my ability to solve a sudoku quickly (laughs) but obviously i do like the elegance and the fun and the and the the cleverness so you know i put up with it but it makes him better
0: And then, Mark, uh, I've, I've been editing the the Cryptic book and we were going through your bios. Now, am I, am I correct in understanding you are the world's fastest cryptic crossword solver?
1: Well, um, oh, come on. Probably. Come on. I've won. I mean, actually, let me, I'm going to interrupt now. No, no, I no, have to. No, no, to. no, no, no. I have no, don't, to don't because do you're, going, you're going to play it down and be British about <laughs> it. Yeah. Um, um, no, I, I will give my perspective on this, and then he can <laughs> he can gainsay me if he wants to. But Mark is not just the fastest cryptic crossword solver at the moment, currently in the world. He is the fastest cryptic crossword solver there has ever been by a street. Um, there's there's one guy, a guy called John Sykes, uh, who people sometimes talk about from the 70s and, and 80s, who was um, also a prodigious winner of the Times crossword championship, um, but uh, you know, from, from all of the benchmarking I am able to do, I think Mark is different gravy. And um, it's, you know, if you look at the Times Crossword Championship over the last 15 years, Mark is not just winning slightly. You know, he doesn't, it's, it would be like Usain Bolt finishing the 100 metres in six seconds. That's how far ahead Mark is of the next best. Now, Mark will say, "Ah, oh, yeah, but there's, there's other guys who are very quick or up and coming. And yeah, he's right that some of these guys may, may, may get, get closer to him in time. But, but in my opinion, on any puzzle that is not a crapshoot, i.e. is not just incredibly easy, so it's how fast can you write the answers in, anything that requires actual real cryptic crossword solving, he will destroy a field by 20%. He'll be better than them by 20%, at least, at least. And I don't say, you know, it's annoying for me to say that. I don't like bigging him up, <laughs> but but it is actually true.
2: I'm, I'm not going to dispute most of that. I mean, John Sykes, I never competed against him. He won 10 championships. He deliberately stepped down from some every other year to give other people a chance. And who knows how many he might have won. I've won 12 and I missed five years when they didn't run the competition when I was at my peak. So, you know, it's they're fairly similar records. Um and I do worry. I, there's a guy who solves most puzzles quicker than I do now, according to the online statistics. But it would be interesting to see that happen in a competition.
0: And how are you going to respond to the doping allegations?
1: <laughs> By taking more dope. <laughs> I
0: did. Yeah, I did. <laughs> used
1: to wonder. I did used to wonder this. I was like, how is he doing this? Is he going to the toilet or something before it? And like, you know. Doing some sort of speed <laughs> or chemical enhancement that is just making his brain a dictionary so much quicker than the rest of the world. It, it's it's just it was just irritating. And um, that came across but, the first um, time
2: we met. Simon had watched the final of one of the championships, which I hadn't won. I'd I'd been quick, but I'd had made an error. And um, he wrote to me after he tracked my tracked my email down and wrote to me and said. How the heck do you do it? I need to learn. <laughs> that's how we met. Yeah.
0: When was this? Yeah.
2: That was in two thousand. Two thousand. Yeah. yeah.
0: And so, have you guys been close Are you are you, are you best buds? Well, we about
2: four months <laughs> after that we did meet up. There were a number of weird coincidences about us. Um, we were both chartered accountants. Had been to public school had partners called Anna, had been born in the same hospital. And it was like, oh, that's a bit strange. But <laughs> Simon did think about crosswords you say, well, you, you, the same way you I You were hatched. Well, I dare fun. say, yes. Very different.
0: <laughs> and is it the same Anna?
2: <laughs> no. No, no, it was. They were different Annas. <laughs> that's a scary thought, Peter.
0: You just didn't notice. You're like, wait a second. <laughs> Your wedding pictures what? look a lot like my wedding pictures. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: no, that would be a story. no one suggested that before.
0: I was <laughs> uh, oh, trying to throw that. Um... <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, we, we we did become friends quite quickly then, and I think we we I don't know we we gradually grew to be closer friends over time, and always had these interests. And once Sudoku started, it doubled the amount of things we were interested in together. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, so are you
0: guys interested? In, oh, sorry, go ahead.
1: No, I was going to say, well, we've been doing sort of ventures together. When did we start The Magpie? Was that 2005 ish? Um, 2003. 2003. So, yeah. For the, for the
0: benefit of the listener, what is The Magpie?
1: Subscription uh, crossword magazine that we started. Uh, there was a guy called Mike Rich who used to be the listener crossword editor, which is a very prominent position in the world of crosswords. And unfortunately, he had, a, he had a magazine called Tough Crosswords um, and unfortunately he died. And his widow um, wondered whether anybody in the crossword community might be interested in sort of keeping it going. And we, we discussed it and thought, yeah, maybe, maybe we could do this. Um, and so we, we did it. I mean, we, again, we were completely clueless with hindsight about what was involved in running a, a a magazine so we had to you know all we had to do was to produce a paper it was it was paper in those days it wasn't online at all so we had to produce you know a short magazine it was what would it be 15 pages something like that every month about a dozen pages yeah, yeah. with six crosswords in yeah.
0: and the rest dedicated to starcraft
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, six crosswords the answers to the previous months and one page of chat or something that's all it was but the crosswords were very high quality from some of the best compilers we did one each and we had to kind of edit four others and it doesn't
1: sound like a lot but my god it took a lot of time oh but it was a mission it was a mission and even printing the thing out and folding it up and putting it in envelopes would take hours and hours (laughs) and and hours every month i used to hire a meeting room where i worked at the time um, and we, we'd sit there in the meeting room, just folding away. After hours. Uh, yeah. After, yeah. If
0: we weren't already calling this Cracking the Cryptic, one page of chat would be a great name for this podcast. <laughs> 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 so were you guys compiling six crosswords every month?
2: No. I mean, we were one each and editing four others by other people who would send them to us. Basically. So you get, you get
0: submissions yeah, in. exactly. Um, how, how many of these, how many of these uh, magazines are yeah. we printing?
2: Uh, we had a subscriber base. So in the first year, it, it's well, we sent the first magazine out to eight hundred people. We got addresses from the listener, and
0: uh, you hand folded every yeah, single yeah. One of them. <laughs> Simon got
2: Simon got a group of colleagues yeah. to work to to help yeah. us, which was great. But after that, it was about two hundred magazines every every month.
0: Was that mostly just the end fold (laughs) left? You're like, guys, (laughs) it's very exclusive now. We really don't want you doing this.
2: (laughs) Well, I mean, this is the whole thing with crosswords. It's just not a huge um, participation thing. You know, there are there were two hundred people who liked the idea of these hard crosswords that we were really into and wanted more of them and this was the way to get them to them so it was really just a it wasn't a money-making scheme it was just a way to kind of recycle the money from people who wanted to solve the puzzles to the constructors
0: and how long did you guys run the magazine for
2: it still exists oh, okay. um, oh, that's great. it's a different editorial team
0: do you still compile a crossword each each month
2: no. Uh, I, I do one or two a year. Simon's largely dropped out. There's four other guys who help edit it and create it. It's moved online. Um, you know, it's got a little bit more normal. You can, as you can we plug the see. URL if you want. Uh, yes, it's at pymag.com. That's where to find it. So it's called the Magpie, but of course Magpie.com had gone. So it's at Piemag, dot gcom
0: and having to know, there's a little story behind the uh, the name here.
2: Yeah, the name came... Uh, crossword compilers traditionally have...
0: <laughs> You're both married to the same na- magpie. <laughs> 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 um,
2: compilers always have pseudonyms for this sort of crossword, for some reason founded in history. And uh, mine was based to some extent on my name. So I called myself Mr. Magoo. That takes the M.A. from Mark, the G.O.O. from Goodliff, and... My initials are Mr. so Mr. Magoo seemed a a good nickname for me. Simon used the old nursery rhyme and decided to call himself Pyman. And uh, then when we were thinking about the name for the magazine, we took the first three letters of my supposed surname, Mag, and the first three of his, Pi, and that made something that made sense.
0: It feels like it's just cryptic clues all the way down. <laughs> well, it is, at
2: every level. Turtles all the way down, exactly.
0: So now that you two aren't running it, do you know how long it takes them to fold the electronic magazine each month?
2: <laughs> it still takes a fair amount of compiling effort oh, just to edit the puzzles. But uh, it's the folding, thank God, has largely gone. There's still... 10 people left who get a paper copy because they, they're not online. Oh, really? believe
3: that?
0: <laughs> I guess that makes sense. Like the audience for cryptic crosswords, I can imagine that not yeah. having a, the same overlap. <laughs> uh, so speaking speaking of compiling, you guys are obviously best known as, as presenters, I suppose, presenters of the Sudoku show. And then secondarily, I'd say as solvers, but you guys also compile Sudokus. You guys made a puzzle hunt and you've compiled various other Sudokus over time. Do you, do you see yourselves as uh, as compilers or is that just something you kind of do out of necessity?
2: Um, a bit of both. I I don't know if it's spilling secrets that uh, most of the compiling that we do would be at my door. You know, I, I do the bulk of what we do as Cracking the Cryptic, as constructing. And the trouble is, I just don't think I am fit to wipe the shoes of the proper constructors anymore. You know, I can... Put a puzzle together and it can be quite interesting but there's a huge extent to which i'm relying on a decent idea maybe a break in and then then it's luck after that i find if the puzzle works quite well and you kind of have to throw things out and play around with it a bit to make it consistent throughout and i can do that but i just can't bring the levels of of intricacy throughout the puzzle that some of these constructors can so
1: you know, I still feel I'm learning. I yeah. think a lot of it, though, is time. Yeah, it's t- it's time. I mean, if um, we published a, a video a couple of days ago on the channel, Jovial, talking about how he set a really great puzzle he made called Syzygy. And, you know, he, I think he says in that video, it took him 70 hours to set that puzzle. So, you know, the thought of us having, you know... <laughs> 70 I mean we we, we don't have half an hour you know to actually to do this podcast recording you know is you know we have to sort of work out whether it's possible to do it because one of the things they don't tell you about running a YouTube channel is actually it's you know it takes a lot of work just to keep on you know on top of the the social media the emails and that's before you get to recording a video every day and uploading it and editing it etc it's 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 a lot
0: you guys do have an to, in, intense upload schedule. Uh,
1: well, yeah, I was going to say exactly
2: that. To some extent, it's a conscious choice. We've made the decision to, since lockdown began anyway, a year ago, to to create one video a day each. We've made the decision to have an email address that people can write to us at and send puzzles into. We've made the decision to be alive on Twitter and Instagram and um, do that sort of stuff. So... You know, we know we've brought it on ourselves, but it is still a heck of a lot of work and um, fun, though a lot of it is, it just takes a lot of time. And as Simon says, that the idea of having even 20 or 30 hours to spend creating a really good puzzle, you know, it's just not going to happen. I can't see a, a window when that could occur. No.
0: Probably the thing I'm best known for in the Cracking the Cryptic community is running the ARG that happened last year, is the run right up to the Kickstarter. And I really wanted to run that. I've run an ARGs before, but I wanted to combine ARGs and Sudokus. They just seemed really exciting. So I just blocked six weeks away. I was just like, for the next six weeks, this is all I'm doing. I think I spent like maybe half a day a week on like all my other tasks. But I was like, nope, if this works, it's going to be great. And I I tracked my hours. And I think I spent something like 270 hours putting that ARG together. It was just, I'd wake up, work on it, go to sleep, wake up, work on it, go to sleep. And even even with that buffer, even like trying to get it six weeks ahead of time, some of those puzzles. I, I hope uh, I hope no one will judge me too harshly. Some of those puzzles I was making about an hour before they were discovered. At one point, I had to pull an all nighter just to get that done. <laughs> that's
2: terrifying. <laughs> I mean, you, you spent two hundred and seventy hours on it. My my timesheet says I spent forty hours testing and
0: <laughs> you know
2: trying and coming up with tweaks to puzzles and and the ARG as well. It was. It, I mean, it was incredibly brilliant, and there was tons of it, which was the so extraordinary <laughs> thing. But uh, it was it was a bit terrifying, and and only just ready in time. You know, I, I remember you began with, "Well, we'll we'll get started on such and such a day." Yes, I've still got about six puzzles to write <laughs> at the back end, but that should be fine. <laughs> and I was thinking, that's brave. Okay, good There's
0: luck. A quote I've always liked. Uh... Don't worry about biting off more than you can chew. Bite off as much as you can and chew as hard as you can. So that was very much my philosophy.
2: That's a, that was your approach it was for very sure.
0: Um, we are reaching the end of the hour. So I'm going to wrap up. Uh, I do want to ask you though, post post lockdown, when lockdown stops, are you guys planning on continuing the two video day schedule? Is that on the cards? Are you going to try and have a life again?
2: <laughs> I think we are planning to keep going because you know it just seems, it's not just that it's, popular sometimes people actually tell us they need it like they're really going to suffer Mm. mentally if they're not seeing the videos and that's a bit scary we've almost given ourselves a responsibility to some extent i think post-lockdown we might get to a point where if one of us takes a holiday, they might not be posting on it. That could happen. <laughs> Lazy. But, you know, we'll, we'll try and ensure that it's not simultaneous.
0: I'm guessing the question you guys ask the most is, how many videos do you start and then have yeah. to abandon for one reason or another?
1: It varies. More than it used to be. It varies
2: yeah. a lot.
0: It's, you know, some weeks can... Sometimes
2: weeks can go by without that happening. And then... Frankly, I've had days where I've started three different puzzles and they have not appeared as videos. So it's so variable.
0: Have you, have you got certain setters where you're like, okay, if I'm going to try this one, I'll have to you know, record it 12 hours ahead of time so that I can, if I don't solve it, I can, I can move on to another one.
1: Yeah, I mean, the, the testers always give us a heads up as well. Like I've got one by Glipperal that I've not done yet because it says, you know, two hours, allow two hours, you know, and this is an absolute beast. And I, um, to be honest, I'm pretty scared about it. So I don't, you know, I I haven't done that yet. Um, There may be testers, and I'm
2: neither confirming nor denying it, who either of us would say, yeah, yeah, you can do those person's puzzles (laughs) to the other.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Final question. And this is just something I want to know. Do you two watch the other person's video every day?
2: Yeah, I do. Um, Not always that same day because mine's coming out later. So um, I may be actually still involved in either recording it or uploading it or something like that when Simon's is coming out. And I might not have time in the evening, but we will always, I think for both of us, we'll always have seen what the other has done. One of the terrifying fears is that, one day we will accidentally do the same puzzle twice. <laughs> so it's best to watch the other persons to make sure that can't happen. That's that's one amongst many hundreds of terrifying events that could happen on the channel and keep us awake at night.
0: I feel like people would really yeah. enjoy that. I'm surprised you haven't done that as a special event. Both of you tackle the same event and we compare the lengths and see who's the fastest solver.
2: We've done it occasionally. Well, Simon's done walkthroughs of puzzles that I have solved before because he's just been so unsatisfied with my solution.
0: It's a truly fascinating channel. It's, uh, it, it's so interesting to me that one of the big viral hits of 2020 was... You know, two two British people solving Sudoku's in real time, no editing, no fancy anything, and then uh, and then doing the videos.
1: Yeah, the production values haven't really improved. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking I might treat myself to like a boom microphone stand, though. That would be uh, that would be a luxury I might enjoy at some stage.
2: I plan to rely on this crutch that we have to perform unedited videos to save myself any of the hassle <laughs> of editing them <laughs>
0: <laughs> so that has been the first episode of cracking the cryptic will there be more that is a puzzle that we are yet to solve uh so okay. if you did enjoy us let us know you can email podcast at cracking the i will relieve you guys of some email duty by taking that one on <laughs> any final thoughts before we say goodbye
1: no, thank you. Anyone who's still listening, really, thank you. That's yeah, remarkable. And anyone who's who's listened,
2: who's watched the channel for years, who's a Patreon, who's on Discord, and who's now followed the podcast as well—you are just in it too deep. <laughs> we love
1: them. Yeah, we we love no, but we love those people. <laughs> yeah.
0: This podcast was brought to you by Jellybean Games, which is my game production company. We make kid-friendly games that grown-ups love. We have all kinds of games. We have logic games. We have card games. We have party games. We've got the whole <laughs> caboodle. They're all gorgeous. And coming out very soon is the Kraken Cryptic book, Kraken the Cryptic's Greatest Hits, which I think we can safely say is going to be the best Sudoku book of all time. Have you guys seen much of the art yet? I can't remember what I've sent you.
1: A little bit, yeah. I mean, it's it looks stunning, I think. But, I mean, the thing that, the thing that makes it the best uh, Sudoku book of all time is it contains... So many of the best Sudoku's of all time, and you know, I—it's one of those statements that people might wonder. Well, how can you say that confidently? Well, I think we it, is, it is pretty objectively. <laughs> yes, here. It's, yes it's it the is the best Sudoku setters of all time, setting the yeah. best Sudokus of
0: all time. Yeah, and also the art is very nice. That's the bit I contributed uh, it, to, so that's really my my <laughs> passion. Uh, <laughs> the art,
2: the art does the Sudoku's justice, which is. A high praise
0: indeed.
3: (laughs) Thanks so much for listening.
0: And we'll talk to you next time.
3: Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Bye. I'm a struggling actor, but if I'm asked by a stranger what I do... I usually end up telling a lie because there's too much to get through. I don't want to go through the motions of saying that auditions are a full time job. I'd rather smile and simply state that I have a full time job as an accountant. As an accountant. Nobody asks you questions when you say you're an accountant. What do you do? I'm an accountant. Where do you work? At a place where accountants work. Do you like your job? Yes, I like my job, and my job is an accountant. As an accountant. At a place where accountants work. As an an accountant. Yes, I like my job. Yes, I like my job. I'm living life and having fun. This numbers job is number one. Accounting is a sacred art. I'm definitely not an actor.
0: Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. You can support the show by going to patreon.com slash cracking the cryptic or by visiting www.jellybean.games and using the promo code bobbins to get 20% off any of our gorgeous, colorful, delightful board games. I'd particularly recommend Dracula's Feast New Blood, which is a game of logic for four to eight players designed by me. If you enjoyed the show and want to hear more, leave a comment or email podcast at crackingthecryptic.com with any questions you'd like me to ask on the show. We'll be back soon with more about the wonderful world of Sudoku.